Hi there, skating fans. Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. Welcome, skating family, to the next edition of the Alumni Blog. I'm Alex Kilby, Technology Projects Manager at Skate Canada, and delighted to introduce this month's guests, a mother and daughter, both with an amazing skating pedigree. Retired official Jean Semt has been front and center in the sport with a judging career which spanned events at her local club all the way to the Olympic Games. Her daughter, Lauren, a competitive international level ice dancer, retired and now a technical specialist, leads the chat where they both share memories about their skating adventures and discuss the special bond they share as a result. Let's join Lauren and Jean to hear how their love affairs with skating all began. Jeannie, mom, you have just finished a very successful officiating career. 53 years. Wow. Can you take me back to where it all began when you were first introduced to the sport? Sure. I began skating uh, at the ripe old age of 10 uh, on an outdoor rink uh, in our backyard that our father had prepared in Winnipeg, so cold and snowy, and that's where I first put on skates. That's where I first started. Started in Winnipeg, and what drew you to the sport of figure skating? What do you, what do you love about it? Good question. Uh, shortly after I started on that outdoor rink, our family joined the Winnipeg Winter Club in Winnipeg. And apparently when I was put on the ice there, I would stand beside the professional and cozy up and just listen to what she was instructing her pupil to do. Until finally one day the uh, pro came to my parents and said, I think, I think your child wants her own lesson. And so <laughs> that's when it all started. <laughs> so you were eager to get on that ice and skate. I was eager. I was eager and I just I just loved every bit about it. I loved uh the wind in your hair when you did cross cuts. I loved the figures. I loved the challenge of the figures, the preciseness of the figures. I loved the free skating, but most of all I loved ice dancing, but uh, there were no men in Winnipeg when I grew up. And it wasn't heard of to move to another city to try and find a partner. So I just went through all the tests. The, I, I managed to get to my golden figures and free skating and ice dancing and uh, and competed within Canada. But I loved it. That's awesome. We have we have a lot of shared love for figure skating. But one thing I'm grateful I never had to do really uh, was figures. So. Um, <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> so, Mom, how did you get involved in judging? Well, I credit Ann Doherty of Winnipeg for getting me involved in judging. She judged a number of my tests. And when I was 16, she came to me and said, you know, I think this is something that you might like in, to enjoy doing. So why don't you give it a try? So I did and uh, started, of course, complete grassroots and Traveled to many rural cities in Manitoba doing tests and little competitions. And it took me years and years to work up the judging ladder, but I, uh, I really enjoyed it. But Anne is the one who convinced me to give it a try. 
Well, I'm grateful for Anne because you've been doing it for 53 years, which is a very long <laughs> time. So I'd love to know, what have you loved about judging? Another good question. Um, I think I would have to say the community around the sport, the friendships that I've made over the years, the uh, the judges that I now know from all over the world who share the same passion. The athletes are exceptional and having a chance to work with them and uh, just as they go through their careers has been really an honor. And then I would say the challenge of getting it right, trying to sort out an event and figure out, okay, who's top, who's bottom, who should be in the middle. Certainly that was the case when we had to rank the skaters under the 6.0 system. But just the challenge of staying uh, present and focused for often long periods of time uh, in a rink, in a cold rink usually. Um, It just was everything about the sport. I just really enjoyed it. Nice. Now, it's always easy to ask the question of what have you loved? It's a little bit more challenging to say, what haven't you loved about judging? Because I'm sure there's some things that you haven't loved. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I didn't enjoy much under the 6.0 system was the fact that um, the judges' marks were flashed on the scoreboard in the arena by country. And so you always knew that the marks that you put up were going to be analyzed and scrutinized and criticized often for years to come. And so that was uncomfortable sometimes. I think I was booed at one point, Um, but you had to blank that out. But then there were often consequences as a result. And uh, (laughs) I remember judging a senior Grand Prix in Moscow after the Nagano Olympics, where I had made a stand against block judging. And when I checked into my hotel room, I discovered a rat in the fridge and it had about three inches of mold growing on it. So it didn't just get there. And I had to think, okay, this was, was this planted there for me, you know, because of the stand I had taken. So that kind of thing was uncomfortable. Those were the kinds of things that uh, I found difficult. For sure. No one likes to to have a rat anywhere uh, (laughs) in their homes or even in the outdoors. So I can't imagine being in a completely different country and having to experience that. I I did get my hotel room changed. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In a sport, everyone's main focus is around the athlete. Not so much the judge, because that's the one, uh, the one person that's performing. And I don't think people realize that officials feel a strong sense of performance pressure as well when they're officiating an event. I know you've judged at the highest events being Olympics and World Championships and multiple times. So, Jeannie Mom, can you share some insight into the types of pressures that are associated with judging? For sure. Um, and there is pressure associated, associated with judging. There, there's serious pressure and, and uh, the pressure is really to get it right and to uh, make sure that you are judging with absolute integrity and without any bias and calling it as you see it on the ice in the performance at that time, regardless of who the competitor is. Um, 
But one fun thing was that uh, at the Olympics in 1998, Dr. Jane Moran of the ISU, and a Canadian, um, wanted to really understand what kind of pressure judges might be under when they did uh, judge a high-profile event. So she asked me if I would wear a heart monitor when I judged the free dance. So I did. And it was very revealing. I mean, my heart rate normally hovers around 60 beats a minute, and I have difficulty getting it up to about 120 beats a minute when I'm doing a serious workout. But on examination of the heart monitor after the event, we discovered that for four and a half hours of the event, my average heart rate was 156 beats per minute. And at one point, I spiked 175. And wow. we did the calculation of the timing around that. And the 175 rate per minute was exactly when Shailen and Victor were doing their free dance. And <laughs> um, so it's, uh, I think I've said before, judging isn't for the faint of heart, but it also um, justifies why after an event like that, you really do feel drained um, because you're working hard. You're sitting still in one spot, but you are on the hot seat and uh, it's, it is pressure. For sure. I would love to actually, now that I've gone involved in, in the technical panel side and calling, I would love to have that same test done um, as a technical specialist sitting there with a the heart sure. monitor on. That is sure. really exciting to see kind of what what a heart rate uh, mine would spike to because I'm sure it would get pretty high, if not close <laughs> to when, I'm, when I was competing. <laughs> <laughs> and now what about in terms of judging and Olympics. Um, did you have some pressures in, in that sense? Ah. I know we talked a little bit about the, the block judging and the old system. And I know you judged in the Olympics during the old system. So were there any pressures there that you could share some insight into? Yeah. Um, in Lillehammer, I was fortunate to judge the Olympics in Lillehammer in 1994. And it was just a magic event for me, the whole thing. But uh, it was when Torval and Dean returned to the ice dancing scene after they had been uh, absent for 10 years. So first of all, for me, they were my idols growing up and judging. And then to be able to judge them myself was, was certainly an honor, but it was a, a terrifying one. And again, that was under the 6.0 system. So I do remember, I think in the first compulsory dance, which I think was the blues, I, placed them forth and to my horror discovered after the fact that uh, in the British tabloids and newspapers, I was severely chastised as someone from Canada, from uh, a country in the British Empire, for heaven's sake, how could I possibly have placed their national heroes out of metal contention? So that was something I hadn't expected. Um, thankfully, it didn't weigh in on any of my decisions on the ice, but um, that's just come came with a package under that system. Right. That's a lot of pressure. And and now today judges, um, you don't know where they're from. So they're, they're hidden. Uh, so they don't have, they still have pressure, but they don't have that pressure of the media being able to scrutinize their, maybe necessarily their exact mark. Well, is- actually they still can. I mean, at one point we, mm. when we brought in the new system, we were anonymous. And then nobody could find out who gave what mark. But now we're no longer anonymous. But the thing that is different is that 
our marks when they're flashed up on the screen, they're not shown by individual judge. It's just total points. So you right. have to go back into the protocol to find out which judge gave which mark. So when you're sitting in the audience, it's, um, it's a much better situation. The focus is back on the skaters, which is where it should be in the first place. Got it. Got it. Now, Mom, with a career as long as yours, because I'm going to mention it again, 53 years is a long time. <laughs> officiated in both the old and the new judging system. So what has it been like as an official to have to navigate these waters during the highs and lows that come with change? Because you experienced that change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the systems are very different. Um, the old system, of course, we had to rank skaters in an order from first to last and remember the marks we had given all skaters throughout the whole event, which became a task uh, to do. And I'm not sure we were as accurate as we would like to have been. I mean, if you have 40, 40 or so skaters in an event and you have to accurately pick who should be number 17th or who should be number 24th, it became like a mush in the middle. So I think in the new system where instead of ranking in an order, we simply rate skaters against a set standard, I think we are much more accurate in determining a final uh, placement. And as I said before, the new system allows the focus to be more on the athletes and not the judges, and that is just refreshing. Right. I have to ask, do you have a favorite performance? Oh, boy. Uh, I have so many. Um the first one that really <laughs> yeah the first the first one <laughs> the first one that really stands out for me when I was judging was Kurt Browning's interpretation of uh, Casablanca in his white dinner jacket and that's I think when I gave my first 6.0 and I was just mesmerized not only by his athletic ability but how he interpreted the music so that for me stands out as as the first memorable and then after that oh gosh I'd have to really think there were so many <laughs> It's true. It's been it's been amazing watching the sport kind of evolve over the years, mm-hmm. and with that, athletes have kind of pushed the boundaries. So it's hard to always just totally. say, well, there was this one performance because every year there seems they seem to just get better and better. That's amazing. true. Now, mom, you've been recognized by Sport Official Canada for your integrity over the years, and I've actually had the opportunity uh, to read about you in my grade ten textbook on integrity in sport. I was sitting in class, and uh, my my professor said, okay, let's turn to Chapter 7, and we're going to talk about integrity in sport. And I started reading the paragraph, and I was like, oh, my God, that's my mother. Which <laughs> is pretty awesome. But um, this coming October, the University of Manitoba is presenting you with an honorary degree of Doctor of Laws because of your integrity in sport. Can you share with everybody what this doctorate means to you? Well, these honors are truly humbling, Um, truly humbling. But I think for me, they validate what I did when I stood up to the block judging in Nagano. Um, It was a very difficult time for me afterwards because I didn't have the support of the leadership of Skate Canada then. And uh, I needed to stand up for what I believed was right, but I had to do it on my own. And the whole experience of presenting before the Court of Arbitration for Sport was not only time-consuming, it was expensive, and it was a lonely procedure. But I learned a life lesson. 
I learned that uh, you can't expect your colleagues to automatically champion what you're doing, even though you think you'd like them to, because often their agendas are different. And I was disappointed at the time that um, many supported me privately in what I was doing by going forward with this stand, but none of them felt comfortable doing it publicly. I now understand that they couldn't. Their agendas were different, and that's fine. I accept that now, and uh, that's a good life, life lesson to, to learn. But the honors for me um, are a validation that standing up for what I believed in was, for me, the right thing to do. Yeah, and that's something you've, you've instilled in me of just having that integrity, and I um, am committed to ensuring that I have that through my career. And and I think what's really awesome is not only to see the award that you've been given, but um, as your daughter, it was really special to watch your speech at kind of your retirement officiating uh, celebration at Canadians and see the number of officials and the number of coaches and former world champion figure skaters that showed up to support you. And that's because you've always had integrity and that was really cool um, as your daughter to see. So I'm just very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So mom, is there a performance? I know I already asked you, you know, is there a favorite performance, skating performance, but is, is there a performance? Is there a moment or a place? for you as a judge that really stands out as a pivotal moment in your officiating career? Well, I'd have to say that the six years I worked with CBC uh, during world championships and the 1992 Olympics in Alberville, when I was doing the educational spots uh, during the broadcast, uh, they were called You Be the Judge. And it was a chance to educate the viewing audience on one particular thing in each uh, event that they could focus on so they could more readily understand what the judges were looking for when they were evaluating the performances. I really, really enjoyed putting those together because I worked with a cameraman at these competitions uh, in the rink during practices, collected footage, then uh, spliced it all together uh, wrote uh, what I wanted to say about it, did the voiceover, and then also did an on-camera uh, intro and exit. And those were so much fun, and I learned so much by doing that myself. I think you you always learn when you teach, and uh, for me that was a wonderful opportunity. And then, of course, um, being able to author my book, um, Triumph on Ice, The New World of Figure Skating in 2010, along with the most wonderful photographer, Gérard Chatignon, who sadly is no longer alive, was another remarkable experience afforded to me because of this sport. And uh, yeah, those two things will always remain special. What's nice about both of those, whoa, wait though, but what's nice about those two things is the the education piece you know you provided education at kind of the beginning of your officiating career and Mm -hmm. then again by writing writing triumph on ice you were providing education on the new system Mm -hmm. so um that's kind of cool that you've you've been able to provide education on the old and the new just as you're you had to evolve as an officiating judge 
um, when the new system was in, in, in place as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Thank very, you. Very cool. Again, thank you. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've, I've, been so, I've been so fortunate as your mom to watch you grow up in the sport of figure skating and watch you compete in both the old and the new judging system. And now, of course, you're or officiating internationally as you competed internationally, but you're officiating in the new judging system. And it's an amazing opportunity for a mother and a daughter to share the same passion. So can you tell me a little bit about what this sport has meant to you? Whoa. Um, We definitely share a similar passion. And this sport, I feel like, has really added color to both your life and my life in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's provided a special bond for you and I, as I have yeah. really fond memories of all the conversations we've had over the years. I mean, driving to early morning practices, it was you that was taking me there at 6 a.m., bright and early, and uh, taking me to school right after to make sure that education was still really important in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was you and, and dad who really supported my my dream of moving across the country to skate with a skate with a boy. And I know, unfortunately, when you were younger, that wasn't something that, that people did. Um, and so <laughs> the sacrifice that you and dad did to make that possible for me is something that I have huge gratitude for because yeah. it's, it's provided me with so many life lessons this sport, just in terms of time management and what it means to be dedicated to something and to, persevere through injury and and be committed uh to something and in particular what it means to have a goal and uh, i know we have we have a late cousin that used to always say i take my goals off the shelf and i work at them one by one and that's what Mm -hmm. it really felt like in figure skating was every day you had a goal of just maybe i could get a little bit better at this twizzle or this lift under seven seconds or whatever it was (laughs) And, and it's something that I still carry on with me in my life. So I'd say the sport has, has meant a ton to me and it's been a really special bond that you and I have shared and also that my lifelong friends and I now have. Um, I think of... Oh, for sure. You know, people go off to university and they, they have these university lifelong friends. And I feel really lucky because I have these amazing lifelong skating friends that basically was my university in a way that are mm-hmm. now all over the world doing amazing things, whether it's commentating or a doctor or law or their own entrepreneurial business. And it's just, it's so cool because we all share this special uh, time in our lives together. So I'm, I'm they, grateful. Well, I'm just as grateful, but I just want for the record, uh, you are university trained. You have a degree in uh, criminal uh, justice and criminology. And you did that after you retired from competitive international skating. And, and Dad and I are really thankful that you did carry on and complete your education because you have so many options for you going forward. But all those life, life lessons that you learned during the sport are, um, you know, playing out so well for you during your life at the moment. So uh, I've learned those lessons as well. And uh, it just has been a joy to share them with you. Thanks, Mom. Me too. Me too. It's important, though, and I think highlighting the education is important because I feel that so many skaters, we get a little bit of tunnel vision 
and we get mm-hmm. into the sport and we forget that there is a whole big world after sport, whether yeah. that's staying on in some sort of way, like I've chosen to do through the officiating, just like you chose to do. Mm-hmm. But it's important to make sure that you set yourself up to continue life and move forward and remember that after skating, you might do something else. So I think education. I totally agree. Totally agree. So mom, what people don't know is that you no longer like Coldplay because I used to make you listen to Coldplay all the time in the cars, uh, (laughs) car rides. That's true. On repeat. Um, And so (laughs) thankfully you don't have to listen to Coldplay anymore. But uh, that just goes to all the conversations we had in the car and the lifelong bond that we have because of the sport. (laughs) But these past few years have been really special for me because we've gotten to, um, I've gotten to grow up in the sport through figure skating, but these past few years we've actually gotten to officiate at some of the same competitions together. And um, a highlight for me actually was uh, Canadians in Vancouver two years ago, and you and I are not, really supposed to be on the same panel um and I got lucky just in the sense that I was doing a practice and so they the the committee put me by the boards and uh I ended up sitting next to you which was super fun because I got to kind of be next to my hero my mom on the judge stand <laughs> that will never happen then. Uh, so what I'm trying to say though is that I'm, I'm actually going to miss seeing you ringside um because I know that you're no me longer too officiating at competitive events and I've always been fond of the expression that this is not goodbye this is only see you later uh so I'm curious if this expression will be true for you and we will continue to see you later (laughs) for sure I'm babysitting McKenna tomorrow as you walk (laughs) to the Grand Prix in Lake Placid I'm for sure you're going to see me again and I'm very excited because I'm planning to go to the World Championships in Montreal in 2020 as a rabid fan and uh, a member of the Skate Canada alumni. So for sure, I will continue on to be a, a real champion of the sport and watch it, its evolution. So thank you, my sweets. You're going to make me cry. I'm not saying goodbye. Awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down and fireside chatting with me, but also with everybody in the skating community today. It's awesome to, to chat to you about your amazing career 53 years later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks so much for joining us on this month's alumni blog for a visit with mother and daughter, Jean and Lauren Semt, as they reminisced about their outstanding careers in figure skating. I'm Alex Kilby with Skate Canada. Till next month.